hey, would you like to know how it's possible for us to do more spoiler shows just like this one? Support us. Patreon.com slash frogpants. That's patreon.com slash frogpants. Hey everybody, welcome back to a spoiler show. Holy holy shit. It's been uh oh. it's been a while, dude, since we had one of these. It's been a while. Been a while. How long has it been? It's been um let's see, I can tell you. I think the last movie we did, it wasn't Days of Future Past. Oh, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Okay, well that's well, Way. this is normally kind of a summer thing. Yeah. You know, those are the movies that people really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So That's we true. ended up with the movie at the end of the summer. I don't think there was a ton of mega geek stuff last winter. Yeah, it's like it's not, people weren't, weren't clamoring for us to talk about that Hawking movie, you know? I mean, I'm sure it was no, good. No, they weren't like, yeah. Theory of everything! <laughs> Woo! Spoiler cast! I think they totally screwed up the canon on Stephen Hawking. Yeah. He's better in the in the books. Yeah, way better in the books. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're doing, a spoiler cast. It has been too long, and but now we have an excuse. Uh, Avengers 2, or Avengers Age of Ultron is its correct title, came out here in these states united last Friday night. Well, Thursday night, midnight. Thursday, yeah. Uh, what, in the two? midnight showings that begin at 4 p.m. Right. And it was like two weeks ahead that uh, Europe, many places in Europe got it. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get it first this time. And that's fine. It's no, you know, not I a problem. I wonder if that's, I wonder if that is the combat piracy. Like, does, does piracy explode as soon as it's released here? Mm. That's a really good question. Because there's no other reason, right? Like, what else? I'm trying to think. Why would we care that France got it two weeks ahead? Um, I mean, I, I they have big audiences and stuff. I know those, you know, those are markets that matter, but they, they matter. Okay. Let's put it this way. They matter in the, in the overall picture, but it's always us box office more and more China, but almost always more and more us box office that matters the most. Right. I mean, not anymore though. That's, that's, I think that's probably why you're seeing those release dates get moved up earlier and earlier. Avengers already made 600 million overseas it's made close to two hundred million in its first week here, but who knows whether or not it gets to to, to six hundred? I mean, let alone where uh, where it goes past there for the international. So I yeah. think international right now is carrying it. So before we get into the movie proper, as this relates to this year's summer movie draft, there's a lot of rumbling going on that they think a lot of people think that maybe this movie was overvalued given its performance and whether or not that boxing match had any impact on opening night. Well, I am of the belief when it comes to box office stuff that, you know, there's always a million reasons why anything does bad, yeah. you know, yeah. <clears throat> you very rarely hear, you know, like, Oh, well it was because this and this, that things do well, except for like, you know, rain and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I, I think movies just do well or do bad. And and uh, the fact that this comes in a little under what Avengers 1 did, I think is partly due to two things. A, and this is the biggest, it is capital A, bolded. Yeah. That box office is just down. Yeah. There are just less people going to the movies. Uh, and that's a fact. You know, it, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things that make you think that when Star Wars comes out, Star Wars, the first Star Wars, and maybe the second one, will have a shot to be the top-grossing movie of all time. Yeah. Easy. And if it does, it'll be it forever. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then Avatar will never relinquish it. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like where that goes. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Who's this? 
This is Bo in Oklahoma City. Hey, man. How are you? What's going welcome on? Welcome to the show, Yeah, Bo. welcome to the show, Bo. Thank you very much, guys. Big fan of both of y'all. Um, I am one of those folks that went and saw this movie twice this week. Once in 3D, once outside of 3D. Oh, I was going to okay. ask you about that. So my son saw it three times, once with us, once with one set of friends, and once with another set of friends. He's rather popular these days for a 14-year-old. And he loved all three viewings. None of them were 3D, though. And we were all wondering how that experience was, because I'm guessing this was not, well, we know it's not shot in 3D. So how was the sort of post-production 3D work here? Well, uh, I would say for the most part, pretty darn good. Um a lot of things that I know we're spoiler talking, so I'll um, feel free to talk about a couple of things. Yeah, please uh, do. Stuff like yeah. Quicksilver. I'm sorry. We're just saying, please, please do. Yeah, no, please do not hold okay. back. Let it all loose. Excellent. Uh, Quicksilver running through the Ultron uh, clones and just destroying them looked beautiful mm. in 3D. You would see pieces of the bodies flying through. Uh, other things like, uh, for example, actually, I would say this: anything with Quicksilver. Really? really worked well in 3D. How, the hammer grab was hilarious. Well, how, it actually how, worked really well. Let me ask you this. How was... Okay, this is where some of my... <laughs> this is where some of my feelings about the film might come through a little bit. How was okay. his death scene that was about as emotional as a Coke commercial for me? How was that? How'd that turn out? It wasn't really much of an upgrade <laughs> on it. Um, everything was, you know, pretty much the same way as as it was in the 2D. Yeah. Although I didn't have as, I think, um, less emotional of a response to it as you may have. Yeah. I thought it was actually, I thought it was okay, and I thought it was earned in terms of the redemption arc for him. Did, and the redemption, um, I, I agree with you on the redemption arc, but do, do you not think that there was underdevelopment happening with that guy? And I'm not saying it wasn't done, it's not on some celluloid somewhere, like this, this footage probably exists in some director's cut in the future, but... I don't feel like either of those two new characters got much development. And so when he died, I didn't feel like there, I hadn't, I hadn't been given the connection yet with me and him. He Fair and I had not gotten down, if you know what I mean. Fair enough. And I think that if maybe Joss Whedon had tried not to be too clever with the uh, Hawkeye swerve as it is, and maybe put a little more time instead of making us all think up, oh, Hawkeye's going to die. Hawkeye's going to die. Hawkeye's going to die. Yeah. Oh, look, he's not going to die then maybe you could have spent a few more minutes focusing on uh, the Maximals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will what? say this. Go ahead, go ahead. I will say this. I will say this. As far as the 3D transfer, back to your original question, the one thing that I <laughs> think, uh, suffered from it, mm-hmm. Captain America's shield, anytime he threw it. And the reason why is because it would go back and forward in the frame so much, you would actually lose track of it. Whereas in the 2D, it looked beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, that's always an issue, his shield. Uh, uh, in the 3D process. This is great insight because obviously, you know, we've only seen it the once and we haven't seen it in 3D. Although I shouldn't say, Justin, how'd you see this thing? No, yeah, I saw it in 3D fake digital IMAX. Mm. So not like real IMAX, but just a big screen with a great digital projector. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I uh, in general don't like 3D. Uh, I, I never go out of my way to see it. Uh, this felt all right. You know, it's one of those things that I think I could see it again and probably not think of what was great in 3D. It wasn't an amazing experience. It was just the the, the, the time kind of fit for me. Mm. Well, that's not bad. So, I will also say, yeah, go ahead. I'll also say this. I was watching 3D with glasses on. I, I wear regular glasses and I have the 3D lenses over that. And most of the time, I'm just like jury. I hate watching 3D. 
Yeah. Uh, the last Transformers movie messed me up in terms of watching 3D. But that being <laughs> said, this movie, I was perfectly fine. And it was a real 3D broadcaster uh, or you know, uh, camera, I guess, or whatever you would call it, projector. Yeah. I don't know if maybe that's a better way to do it or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can't, I can't do it ever. I don't know what it is. I hate it. Even when it's done well, like the best 3d projectors back in 09, when I saw, uh, <laughs> freaking, uh, avatar. And I thought, well, this is, I got to at least try this. Cause that was the big push. And I walked away going, Ugh, I didn't enjoy that at all. I need to see this again. Saw it in 2d, much more enjoyable movie for, you know, for what the movie was in this particular case or any case where any new movie comes out, I go out of my way to avoid it. IMAX, maybe 3d, no thanks part of it is just well digital the the the, the digital I, the digital projector i think is the best i've ever seen of it mm. just because it, it it removes the muddy element yeah that was always the thing that i hated the most about 3d even in avatar was that it just everything looks so muted yeah. and especially for a movie that's kind of supposed to be big and gorgeous and lush it, it was just like oh, okay well congratulations i'm watching it through a gray film yeah totally. that's fantastic hey uh thank uh, you I'm, go keep oh, sorry I'm, go ahead I'm glad he just said that. That is the, actually the main downside of the 3D transfer. Just like with every other 3D transfer, it is so muted and so dark. Yeah, it's like fuzzy. I'm very glad that I. I'm it's very like, glad I saw the 2D broadcast first. Yeah, it's like it's it's like everything's 2D. got a little bit of like Vaseline on the edges, and I yeah, never. Yeah, I mean that's, that's that's the reason why why the the, the digital uh, you know projector is good. Well, here, Bo, uh, thank you so much for for calling. I think we should probably get into actually the movie. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about this movie. Having the same 3D conversation we've had for for seven years, however relevant it is. But thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> so let's talk about the film. And okay, so I just want to let me throw out where my general feeling is. Yeah. And then yours, and then I want to get into the details like we always do. Yeah. I am really torn on a lot of things. In some ways, sp speaking of the spectacle that is Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, I think it's really strong in some ways. In some ways, the best they've shown me. In other ways, there is a, this is a very uneven film, uh, mostly dealing with character and plot point and story stuff. Um, I don't think they did a particularly good job Again, with the final cut, whatever there's extra stuff out there, I don't know. But the, in this final oh, cut... Oh, there is a juicy subplot that we should be getting into and, and that is off screen. Okay, nice. Uh, but, but, but yeah. You can so, explain so what, that to what, me. Were, what were your big hang-ups? All right, my biggest hang-up... Uh, I don't know if I have a biggest, but my big hang-ups were things like continuity. I didn't think Captain America and... It was as if Captain America and uh, Black Widow didn't have their experience together in Winter Soldier. There was a yeah, there was a I guess friendship. You get, you get kind of a wink at that when when Evans is or sorry when when Captain America is talking to Banner. Yeah, and and he's like, yeah, listen, I've seen her flirting for the sake of flirting. Yeah. Like this is something different. Yeah, and, a nod. There was a nod, sure. Yeah, um, and a taste of it. But when they were on screen together, it didn't feel like they'd been through that stuff. That friendship, which I one of the things I loved about Winter Soldier was this this friendship that pooped out the other side of that movie that I didn't see coming. Didn't know that she was going to be such an important part of that story. And it really solidified them as like real teammates. No fake romance, yeah. no bullshit. It was like straight up. He and her, there's this, there's this uh, relationship of respect and, and, and uh, they know each other's weaknesses and strengths. And, and that's awesome. And none of that carried over for me. Like none of it. So for me, it well, was across the yeah. board like that. Like all the characters kind of had some version of that where it was like, in comic book terms, it's not that different than 
how this sometimes goes in comics. You've got these venerable series with these different writers and artists, and they're going along doing great work, great crossover work here and there. And then there's a big one-off where everybody gets together, but they kind of don't seem like they were all just doing this stuff together before. They have these other connections and then back to the normal series again. So in a way it's consistent with the way comics work, but in this way, that's kind of a negative for me. Well, and this is the problem with Avengers two, even compared to Avengers one, because now we just have so much backstory on everybody. Yeah. That combine that with the fact that this is a 13 character film. Yeah. And you only have X amount of screen time uh, that y- it's hard to fit everything in. It's hard to introduce the Maximoffs. It's hard to, uh, you know, portray the fact that really Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye and Falcon should kind of be BFFs. Like they are the people that actually hang out with each other day in and day out that yeah. aren't just together here and again. Yeah. Uh, you won't you don't really get a whole lot of that except for. You know, there's a lot between Hawkeye and and Black Widow. But other than that, there's really not with the other two. So mm-hmm. it's like the it, party, the dinner party was a nice idea of getting all these guys together. It's like, oh, there's War Machine. Hello, Don Cheeto. Come on in here. Let's all hang out with you for a bit. Let's get yeah. Falcon in here. Uh, you know, anything they did with Thor's hammer, I thought was brilliant. So there, there's like these glimmers of amazingness in there. But they had an opportunity to go all Whedon all the time in that dinner party. And instead, it felt just a little empty. I, it's hard for me to explain, but they're like in the this is something I said on this, the morning show this morning, and I'll say it again. The old movie had one line in it that was supposed to be funny that I hated. And yeah. I'm kind of known for this now. But when, when Black Widow replies to Tony Stark when he says, I'm bringing the party to you, and she says, I don't see how that's a party with like sort of dead, deadpan humor. I think it's a yeah. terrible joke. It landed wrong and it was awful. But it's the only one in that whole movie I can point to. The rest of it totally clicked for me. In this movie, there's like 18, I don't see how that's a party's moments for me. And that surprised me. I expected less of that. There, were, there was more like, all right, we're all fighting. We're doing our stuff. And then Captain America is going to make some quip to Thor and it falls completely flat. Now, I know a lot of that's subjective and, you know, you can't, yeah. whatever. Well, but, but, but. When you said all weeding all the time, this movie was all weeding all the time, <laughs> you know, that, and, and the success or failure of this movie for people, I think, hinges on two things. A, what they think about Joss Whedon and B, what their expectations for Avengers movies in general are. Yeah. Because for me, I have more of a tolerance for Whedon, even at his most indulgent Whedonness. And... I have very low expectations for the Avengers aside from big action set pieces and fun character banter that doesn't completely invalidate what's happened before. Yeah. And I got that. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the movie for that. However, this I can very much see and even more so than the, than the first one. Mm-hmm. Although I think this is a better movie for me than the first one. Wow. Really? Uh, that's a, that's can, a, that surprises me a little bit. Only in the in the the one the case of where where we are with villains, let's let's put it this way: we were sold a pack of goods or a bill of goods with the um with the trailers for this movie that I'm not sure delivered in terms of who they were painting Ultron to be. They made him seem very sinister, very all knowing, very dark, very Vader is how they pushed him in trailers. And instead, we got Joss Whedon. He's big goof goof nut the whole time. <laughs> He is, well, he's Joss, I mean, this is the most Joss Whedon surrogate character 
This is like, you know how Woody Allen writes the Woody Allen character in right. every movie? Right. This is the Joss Whedon character. <laughs> he is, he talks like Joss. I mean, like, and, and that's the, the, here's the issue. If you are okay with everybody in this movie, like all Joss Whedon movies, having Gilmore Girls level references and banter, <laughs> then you are going to enjoy the movie. And you're going to, when Ultron starts, you know, uh, getting all Algonquin round table, you might as well have a, a cigarette hanging out of his uh, hand as he, you know, does this, you know, Hollywood squares banter with uh, people that he's about to murder. Yeah. Um, then yeah, if you like that, you're gonna like the movie. Yeah. You're gonna like Ultron. If you like his if you like animated robot lips, I'm telling you, there's more in this movie for you than you think. It's... Oh, good God. Yeah, no, there there's a lot of a lot of uh, yeah, I yeah. That part bugged me. All right, Todd Whitehead's on the line. Todd, what's up, man? Yeah, why the lips exactly? Oh, the so the lips are on the minds of everyone, not just us here. Well, um, because... <laughs> Justin, you well, want to tackle one, the lips? Tackle uh, the you lips. Gotta, you got to eventually set up the fact that you have Paul Bettany's gorgeous lips that just, you know, just show up in the third act. So, you know, <laughs> you got you to gotta set up a baseline of robot lips before you bring in those. You know, those are the those are the A-listers, the showstoppers. Yeah. Uh, base, but I mean, base, baseline of robot lips, a phrase I did not expect to hear today. <laughs> I mean, like, the reason why they do it is because they want to make Ultron expressive. And they don't want to make him just a robot that talks. They want to make him a artificial intelligence threat. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. why they make him as, as anamorphic as possible. Sure. I get it. It would be my guess. I know I'll why they do it. I just think it would have been a better choice to just make him ominous and glowy, th you know, thing in his mouth that, that blinked as he spoke. And I, I, it's not even so, that the but, lips but are here, that big a deal. But, it's just but so. But here's the question with that. Yeah. If he's that. How different is he than Ronan the Accuser, than the Dark Elf in, in Thor the Dark World, than, you know, all these other big, mystic, dark villains, and Thanos in the next two Avengers? Yeah, movies. good point. <laughs> Thanos, Thanos is going to be, you know, in a way, maybe what they were doing is, is, is working up to the hard sell that is Thanos, because Thanos... Thanos is going to have some of that. If, if it's true to the comic books, he's going to have some of that... Whedon snark, even without Whedon helming those two films, he's going to have that jokey, uh, you know, intergalactic overlord thing going. Yeah, there will be monologues. Are we ready for that though? Like, do we want that out of an? I don't know, man. I guess. I... Oh no, I want I want Thanos from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I want, Boy. I want the mad. Yeah, dude. No, I want I want the Mad King. I want Ares Targaryen yeah. as the villain of of the 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 last two movies. Hell yeah, I want that. All right. Just, just more purple. But the uh, the question I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah. So clear your minds. All right, clearing it. Push back to you're leaving the theater after having seen Empire Strikes Back for the first time. Got it. Okay. Where are your emotions at that point? For that movie? Yes. All right, we're going to give you this one off the air. Thank you, Todd. Uh, go ahead, Justin. Where's your head? All right. Well, first, I'm negative three years old. Uh, I don't exist, and therefore I have no conscience. Uh, however, the first time that I watched Empire Strikes Back on Laserdisc, yeah. uh, I loved it, but I was like four. Like, I thought it was the greatest thing on earth, and Yoda was my favorite. Well, what's happened. the better the better comparison for you is what like like the Matrix or something or like wh what's your big like you're young enough the, the impressionable your brain hasn't completely uh, solidified all of its pathways 
You know, it's it's ringing on all levels. Yeah. Whoa, what the hell was that? Hold on. <laughs> that was weird. Hold on. Are you there still? Hello? Hi, who's this on the line? This is Eric from Vegas. Eric, don't go anywhere. I'm trying to get Justin back. He's uh, His call went bonkers. Hold on. Yeah. All right. Justin, are you there? <laughs> Eric from Vegas, are you there? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, well, while we try to to uh, bring Justin back in from his strange phone call, uh, t- uh, what's on your mind? What's going on? I had a question for you. Did you read that article where Josh Whedon said that there wasn't a stinger at the end of the movie? So what he said, and there's been some confusion about this, but they, but what happened is what he did actually say. So what he said was there will be a mid-credits stinger, but there will not be a shawarma one at the very, very end. So like the way that the original, uh, well, most of the movies work is they have this thing. They have like the initial credits, usually with a lot of graphic treatment, and then they have some kind of stinger, and then they do a bunch of stuff after that, and that's the end. There's usually no second thing. Uh, Avengers 1 in the States, not internationally, funny enough, but in the States, they <laughs> inserted that shawarma thing, uh, was, which was actually filmed later, and made it so there were two. So basically you had your mid one, and then you had this thing at the very end. He did say, we're not going to have one at the very end, but we will have a mid-credit stinger, and that's what they ended up delivering. So a lot of people have been confused, thinking, oh, I thought he said there was nothing, but there was this thing in the middle of the credits, which is probably what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I quick read that uh, article like I do in the morning before work, and I had just assumed that it was no end-credit, you know, Singer, so I just left as soon as the credits started rolling. I left, and you're not and the only are, one. You were part of the sucker parade. <laughs> well, here's How? the thing. I I was. Well, here's, here's the thing, Everybody though. Everybody who's a part of the sucker. Par- <laughs> How many movies do they need to make? <laughs> but here's the problem: when when Whedon says when he he confused it because he said. There will be a mid-credits one, but not a shawarma stinger thing at the end. So when he said that, people believed him, and I believed him, and that's what we got. The problem is, the way he explained it didn't make a lot of sense. He made it seem like there'd be no stinger at all, and that's where you fell victim. And people in our theater were up, moving out, almost out the door. Mid-credit thing kicks in, because there was a ton of people, so it was slow. And they're all like, what? I thought there was a surprise. I mean, people were vocally complaining. Oh, oh come on. That's it's what they a were. Movie. It's got a thing. Well, yeah, they all have things. It'll That's always have a thing. The problem is that the the PR that went out with Whedon saying, you no, know, there, said there was going to be an end. Yeah, no, there was. Yeah, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I, 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 the blame is on you. <laughs> He's sticking. Hey, I'm the sucker. I, I've been to every single Marvel movie and Avenger flick in theaters, and I've waited. I don't well, know why I didn't I mean, this time. Here's 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 the good news. It's the same exact thing as happened in the last Avengers movie. Yeah, it's not. You know what? That's totally true. Like the okay. So <laughs> so spoiler here. This is what happened. Uh, the, the 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 suddenly the sound goes dark. Everything goes dark, and then slowly light is is creeping into this like encasement of what you can't tell what it is at first. It looked like a ship or something, and then as the light comes up, you start to see. Oh, it's the Infinity Gauntlet without the gems in it. And then you see Purple Man McGillicuddy put his hand on and say, or put the glove on his hand and say, I guess I'll just do this myself. Yeah. And then, and then gun for, you know, face for the camera and then boop, you're done. So it, in essence, is a different view of the exact same damn thing that happened at the end of, they're all the same, the end of these things. 
Like, well, it's all Tesseract and, and, and the cube and the freaking, uh, this, you know, he shows up three or four times. It's kind of weird. I mean, normally they're just kind of either nods to the next film chronologically or they're some weird esoteric one note gag. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely you know. I'm definitely finding that to be true. All right, we're going to take one more call, and then we're going to get uh, on with the business of the film itself. Uh, we got Ice Worm on the line. Mike, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Scott? Good, man. It's good Mike. to have you. Mike! Hi. Mike how Mike. you doing, Justin? How you doing, man? Uh, doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I had a question about the, the stinger. I, I, well, I mean, I stayed for that stinger. I actually stayed to see if there was anything else, but there wasn't, of course. But um, So the last time we saw the, the gauntlet was actually in Thor. It was, I think it was sitting in like the treasure room in... in Asgard or whatever it is. So how did does Thanos? How do you think Thanos actually got it back? Okay, so this is a, is this think, a good question? Is that is that from the Thor Dark World thing? Because I still uh, haven't seen Dark World. Wait, was the gauntlet? Was the in the 2011 movie? It's barely shown, but it's like in I think like Thor's in the room with like Odin and Loki, and there's no. I remember the they're walking through. They're walking through that little you know museum they have of of magic artifacts and I don't remember the gauntlet being part of that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not remembering it, but that I remember so little of the first Thor movie that it's not, I'm not a good person to do it, but I'm looking at some images here. And yeah, I remember seeing it. And the thing was, um, I'm not sure if this is going to play into the next Thor movie, which I guess is still like two years off, but do you think, well, you you guys all saw Thor too, right? Yeah, no, I have not seen Dark World. That's the only Marvel MCU movie I've not seen. Or okay, M- yeah, then I then I won't then I won't I won't discuss it. But I'll, I'll like basically something happens there that maybe somebody is still working with somebody and stuff like that. But well, I'm looking. I'm looking at was, some. I'm looking at some screenshots just real, here, real quick. And you're right. In the first Thor movie, there are multiple shots of the infinity gauntlet under glass inside of that kind of uh, museum. But it also thing. has the gems and stuff in it. So, I mean, you know, you can, you can write that off. Number one. I mean, there, there is very often just like this history of, of Marvel set dressing people putting random stuff into, uh, into frames, like just as little Easter eggs. But I'm sure you could also just, you know, if you want to write it out, you can just say that this is a, replica of what the infinity gauntlet looked at some point and you know since it is this weird museum slash bank vault maybe it's it's that and not the actual thing who knows right hard to say sorry so mike you were gonna yeah. say you were you had something else well yeah the other thing was with them leading into i guess like well like a bunch of movies i think that's why a lot of the stuff like you mentioned on tms today that a lot of the story points were kind of like really glossed over really quickly because i think they're trying to cover so much to build into you know, Civil War, um, the next Avengers movies with two of them. Well, and then, you know, all the other stuff as well. Yeah. And that's, and, and, uh, thanks for your call, by the way. I, my feeling about that is this if, if they're trying to, it's not like they had to cram, cause they didn't cram a lot in. They just, they just overlooked a lot of details. It's different. That's a different problem. So they didn't get into these characters very well or whatever. I mean, it's, I don't know, different people have different opinions, but I guess, I mean, but like here, so here, when it comes to the expectation stuff, how much do we expect from the Avengers in terms of advancing character and story for these people? Because there's only so much that I think you're able to do. So you're saying, okay, let's use again, comic book comparisons. If you have a single title, let's call it Captain America, 
uh, yeah. whatever. And he's doing his thing, rolling along, and having very personal stories in his issues about what it's like to be him, what it's like to work in a in a system that's very different than the sort of stoic World War II serve your country kind of system he, he grew up in and, and trying to wrestle with that. And it's all this great deep character development. But then you've got Marvel's event of the year. Captain America joins up with Iron Man as they conquer the another weird green alien thing that's got nothing to do with the down-to-earth kind of raw uh, character expo- exploration that we just saw with Captain America. And not only that, you have new artists, you have new writers. Like in that medium, it changes kind of drastically Constantly. visually. Yeah, so in that light, if I look at this movie in that way, it improves for me some because what we got here was almost like a George Perez one-off with a huge spread in the middle of a comic you know, uh, centerfold. Where, yeah. And, and in fact, that church scene was basically that illustrated. Well, and, I mean, the, the, the credits are that spread as a sculpture. Totally. You know, totally. And that stuff was really great. And I, and so I don't want to diminish it. And also I should say before people accuse me of being just down on this, um, it's still one of the best Marvel movies of the, of many that are just great and none of them are bad. Name one you don't like. Give me, give me an example. Uh, Iron Man 2. Oh, yeah. I didn't like Iron Man 2. Incredible Hulk. I kind of like the second Hulk. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I, I mean, I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I don't know how I've never sat down and said, oh, my God, I got to watch the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that's true. And okay. Fair the enough. First, the first half of Iron Man 2. <laughs> rules it is awesome and then uh homeboy uh whiplashes the plot in half in that you know monte carlo racetrack scene yeah that's pretty bad um okay fine so you've got a better this is but if i'm putting them in order i kind of go like this uh winter soldier avengers one and guardians are all kind of in the same seat yeah, for me, and then this, they're in the tier. Yeah, in the top tier. Yeah, and this is just right behind that. So I, I just want to give context. I don't think this thing sucked at all. I just found myself wishing to know more, to see more. It was just too quickly glossing over things, and the decision to do stuff with Hawkeye was kind of brilliant. I really like where they took all that. It's just I feel like Whedon or somebody probably meant to do this with everyone, and just didn't get a chance. So they went with the one that made the most sense. We already hired Linda Cardellini. She's got a great uh, pregnancy sack in front of her. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, that's how it felt. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Greg from Phoenix. Greg from Phoenix. It's good to have you on, man. Hey there. So um, I had an interesting discussion already with uh, Mr. Whitehead. Uh, we had lunch together today and actually geeked out all, all about all this. I think it was warm-up for, for this uh, call-in show specifically. <laughs> I, I, A, yes, I agree with what you were just saying, Scott, that I think that uh, uh, Joss had a lot more things going on. I'm interested in seeing that rumored uh, three-hour Blu-ray cut. I think that might fix a lot of the things that I didn't particularly care for. I, I did like it, yeah. but it wasn't the best thing ever, like some people are saying. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I was listening to Andy Anakto's podcast from this morning. He was talking about he was on a podcast where they talked about that. And he said that he, he thought it was pretty good. He liked it better than the first one, but he wasn't a super fan of the first one. And it was interesting because all the fanboys jumped on him and said, well, if you, it was almost a binary thing. You, you either liked it or you hated it. There's nothing in the middle. Mm-hmm. And criticizing anything got 
you know, completely lit up all over Twitter. Well, the nerd rage what? thing. Yeah. You're telling yeah, me that there are nerds on the internet get really touchy about stuff? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. That's insane. Totally crazy. But yeah. not not to throw more 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 uh, fuel on the fire, but one of the things I walked out of there thinking about when I, when I saw it was my family on uh, uh, Friday night was how the the setup for the entire final climactic battle on the floating city with everything was you know the major plot point the thrust from from Captain America and everybody was we're not going to let a single civilian die if yeah. we can help it yeah yeah now and, so now this this is an important point that you bring up and I was going to bring this up later too but once again Marvel proving at oh, least man, in small ways go. hold on is what they do they prove it in small ways that they get Superman better than DC does because, and I'm not just saying, oh, it's because Superman destroyed uh, Metropolis trying to fight Zod and all that. I just mean, I think it's important once in a while for our heroes to remind us that they are actually mindful of the people around them. When they do that, it makes me feel a little better about whatever the hell else they're doing. And I don't have to have them dwell on it or spend a ton of time on it, but to have Captain America go, we need to get these civilians out of here. Just say it once in a while. That makes me really happy, and Marvel's yet to let me down that way. So, so that's an important point for me. Uh, listen, it, it, it absolutely is. It shows the character uh, of these characters, and uh, specifically Captain America and Black Widow. It gives Black Widow more of a shade of you know how far she's come from this killing machine, who is you know sterilized as a girl. Uh, you know, it, it was it was good. It was really really good. Yeah. And uh, I just re-listened to our Man of Steel podcast, so. I am I am very well versed at uh, at how much DC bots <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know when it comes to uh, when it comes to that. Actually, how do you feel about uh, speaking of this? By the way, thanks for your call there in Phoenix. Uh, thanks, TVC God. Thanks, dude. Um, if you if you had to quantify the qualities of the way that they did backstory, so their choice here was to say, "All right, we're going to give you all uh, Scarlet Witch fever." And you're all going to have weird memories or visions. And most of you are just going to remember things from your past. Thor, In Thor's case, he's seeing some sort of future event. Uh, so is Tony Stark. But in the case of everybody else, they're kind of, it's back in the 40s. And I'm in a dance hall. And it's a good time. And whatever for Captain America. And then you got, what's her name? Louie living her horrible upbringing as a trained assassin. And you got, who? who's the other one? Uh, somebody else was struggling there. Anyway. Well, Iron Man, uh, Tony had the big... Oh, the, yeah. The prophetic vision. Right, right, right. So they had all those things. That was an interesting, I thought, way to explore stuff they haven't gotten into in previous films, uh, especially in her case. So this is one place where I went, all right, thankfully. And I felt it literally in the theater like, oh, good. Here's a moment where I actually get some backstory or I'd pause for a second to learn more about motivation, about, you know, the basics of character building. Because I didn't feel like the rest of the movie had much of that. And you, I know your point is, do we need that much in an Avengers movie? Well, don't- no, it's, it's not that we don't need it. It's just I personally don't expect it. Hmm. Like, if it's there, if it happens and it's good, cool. I like that. Yeah. But in general, there, it, it's not like, let's say, okay, Civil War has a gigantic challenge. Yeah. Because it's going to have... Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, and Black Panther. Yeah. Two of them are new. One of them, it is the reintroduction of maybe <laughs> the most important character in Marvel history. Yeah, he's borrowed. We'll call him that for now. Right. Yeah. 
Well, although I'll tell you what, apparently at, at CinemaCon, Sony did a, a little reel where they showed a Spider-Man logo with Marvel's logo on top of theirs, on top of the Sony logo. Ooh. So Sony's acting like they're borrowing <laughs> uh, Spider-Man and they'll just make all the money, which is smart on their part. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that, and I expect in that film for us to learn more about every single one of those characters. Yeah. I want all four of those characters, including likely Falcon and Black Widow to learn something and be different at the end of that movie. Yeah. I don't expect that for the Avengers. Yeah. I, I, I expect the Avengers, the group to be different at the end of it. I expect for them to have growing pains and the large uh, mass to have, to look uh, a little bit different or feel different by the end of the movie, but them, eh, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's, it's far more about how they bounce together. That's important than whether or not, they change while they bounce together. Yeah, that's a decent point. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Sakani. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. You sound yeah, great. Okay. okay, hey. First of all, um, a pause right now. I am calling from work. I am driving a FedEx truck right now. So if you hear loud noises, that's what it is. No Hell worries. yeah. No worries. I always assume my packages are surrounded by loud noises all the time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, they usually are. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just calling in to say that I, I saw Age of Ultron open the night. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very fun movie. But it, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but it felt like filler to me. As in, it seemed like, okay, look, this is how we're going to move these sort of characters from one event and push them further along toward the next event, which is, I'm assuming, something to do with either Civil War or eventually Thanos and the whole Infinity Gauntlet thing. Probably a bit probably a bit of both is my guess. Column A, column B? Yeah, for sure. I yeah. appreciate the thoughts. So here's my thinking is he's right. Um, it will push that forward. But I also felt like one very specific pushing forward that occurred here was saying, here's a new team. Because at the end of this thing, we end up with a new team. Yeah. It's, it's a little yeah. bit of the old, but a lot of new. And that was a chance for them maybe even to set up a, a future where Tony Stark is no longer Tony Stark. Someone else dons the suit entirely or Don Cheadle does or something else happens where Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to do these movies anymore and Avengers 3 and 4 back to back will feature his either demise or he'll already be gone. What's your take on all that? Well, we the big money, the smart money would be on, on, on Captain America. Yeah. Uh, just because they have already introduced, I mean, much like, you know, there's a war machine to an Iron Man. There is a winter soldier to a Captain America. He's somebody that has taken over the Captain America uh, title and, and role in the, in the past in the comics Bucky does. So, uh, and Chris Evans has been probably the most vocal about how much he would like to not do superhero movies every year for the rest of his life. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that would probably be the one for me that I could see us, uh, see us, you know, uh, looking at and that, you know, listen, man, you got to end an Avengers half of a movie in a big way. And if you're going to end it in a big way and you're going to run your characters up a tree so far that you can't imagine how they're going to get down, you know, killing one of the original Avengers while Thanos assembles the entire infinity gauntlet would probably would make sense as a way to end it. I, I agree. And I don't know, I don't know who, uh, but I, I kind of have a feeling you're right about who um, they don't have a lot of time to do this though. They essentially, so they start filming the first part of this, the two parter, which I guess they'll do back to back in terms of production. One of the shooting civil war 
now. now. Yeah, Civil War is happening now. And then they go. Which, by the way, kind of tells you about how little Spider-Man might have to do with Civil War, considering they haven't cast him yet. Well, or they haven't. Well, they can't keep that a secret, can they? Oh no. No. <laughs> so the Russo brothers are doing that one too, right? So they're yep. then they go straight into Avengers. So yeah, they so, are basically no. all Marvel all the time for the next seven years. So, oh my gosh. So let's, I'm, which I'm happy about. I think those guys did great. I have no problem they with those sensibilities. It. Yeah, they yeah. Were great. Um, so you bring those two movies around. We're not even getting those till 2018. The the Avengers bits. Uh, yeah, that's a ways off. And at that point, in theory, without a lot of you know post reshoots or anything. Robert Downey Jr., likely Chris Evans, and others won't have donned their dumb costumes for a good couple of years by then because they'll be done filming this thing by, I forgot what the dates were. They gave dates for when these two back-to-backs are getting filmed, and it's soon. It's like right after they finish production, rap production on, on uh, Civil War. So all of that being the case, in theory, what you've done is you've time-capsuled these actors at the age they are next year, and you've represented them in, in 2018. But there yeah. is no way we get an Avengers five with Robert Downey Jr. or Mark Ruffalo or any of these guys. There's no way there'll be a new Avengers movie. Maybe, maybe, but that's oh, my whole, oh, no, there will be a new Avengers. We will be watching Avengers. We'll be doing this exact show <laughs> like the day before we die. Yeah. That'll be the thing that they'll be like, Oh man, he was so young. He was just doing an Avengers podcast in 2027. 20, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. Okay, you're right. But it won't... I mean, they're going to mix it up. Like, this was an oh, attempt... Oh, no, no, no. They, listen, nobody's safe. None of these actors are safe. Yeah. Because they are going to do, and I think it's going to be Captain America, a Captain America movie with somebody who's not Chris Evans, and it's going to make a jillion dollars. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, like, none of these people are safe. And if there's one thing that was the most Avengers thing that this movie has done and was done in either of the two movies is to present an entirely new slate of Avengers at the end of it. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit. I, I wasn't expecting it. I was cool with it, though, because I get it. That's also pretty consistent with the way the comics work. Every Avengers team-up is different. One time, the Ant-Man's in it, who we haven't even talked about. You know he's going to end up in those two movies. There's no, no way he doesn't. Likely. I likely, likely, likely. Very likely. Now, let's, let's get into the big intrigue, because if there is a geek talk radio uh subject yeah. this will this will be it all right because we're talking about a lot of sacred calves here apparently joss whedon really is not thrilled with marvel <laughs> and he is not leaving marvel on the best terms yeah he gave a podcast to empire magazine where he was very clear about how how vehemently he disagreed with some of the stuff that marvel has done he's come out and said that he made more money on Dr. Horrible than he did the first Avengers movie. Whoa, really? Yeah. Ooh. Which is also not all that surprising. It's also, also it's also kind of that's uh, these are the kind of dick moves that comic book companies are known for, by the way. But go ahead, keep going. Well, but also it's like, hey, listen, man, uh everything that Joss Whedon has done since Avengers will make up for all the money that he didn't make on that one payday. Yeah. No, it's you a know? yeah, it's a big deal to do it one way or the other, but still, yeah. still I mean, Joss Whedon after after two avengers movies is can do whatever he wants in hollywood yeah, yeah. before he was making webisodes <laughs> with felicia day and apparently more money than he did with avengers one but that's well yeah i mean he owned it too you know so it's like but anyway like for whatever the details are yeah i'm not going to be surprised in six months 
when Joss Whedon has more pointed things to say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and his problems with it. And maybe this movie in particular, do you think? Do you think he'd spill some beans on why he's so fatigued? Oh, he already and, has. Yeah. He, he, apparently, the big stuff was Marvel wanted to cut all the farmhouse stuff, and they wanted to cut all the dreams. Mm. So all the Scarlet Fever stuff, gone. All the farmhouse stuff. So all the stuff that I appreciated, they wanted to get rid of. Interesting. What? I mean, it's more interesting about me. But listen, you can you can have one of the... You have told me two things. That you liked the farmhouse stuff, and you thought everybody was underdeveloped. Yeah. And you can't have both. Because what Marvel wanted to do was cut the farmhouse stuff so everybody can get more developed, and we do less with one character. So we have more time to do with other characters. Um... So, like, I can see both sides, and I would have been very curious to see what would have happened, what they would have done with the time that they didn't spend at the farmhouse. Also, in general, I I tend to trust Marvel's machine, you know? Like, I've seen, for me, I love the Avengers movies, both of them. I really, really like them. But if we're talking about tiers of Marvel movies... I, it doesn't touch Guardians of the Galaxy or the Winter Soldier for me. Yeah, they don't you know? either for me. Yeah, like they and 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 to me, it's it would be insane if they did. Like mm-hmm. it, it would be insane if a thirteen character movie could do more for me emotionally than a f- one or two character movie or a four or five character movie. Yeah, you know, you just have more time to build stuff, uh, and, and they don't have to be quite as reliant on set pieces. Everybody would be furious if the Hulk didn't smash something for 30 minutes. Right. You know, you have to have that. Now, in the next movie, I would like for it to be done without it being a mind control gimmick. Uh, That'd be nice if at one point the Hulk could destroy something because somebody didn't hit him with a magic wand or shoot, you know, scarlet juice in their in his eyes. (laughs) Um yeah, no, but, it's a fair point. By the way, breaking news. Do you want some breaking news? Let's let's go. Here. Break it. There's my breaking news sound. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron director Joss Whedon quits. Rage quits Twitter. Uh, he has left Twitter and people are asking, was the Black Widow backlash too much or was it something else? Movie fans have one less person to follow on Twitter without any notice. Director Joss Whedon decided to delete his social media account with little to no explanation. Uh, according to Digital Spy, the filmmaker signed off with two final messages for his 1.4 million followers. It said this, and I read this last night, didn't think of anything of it. it. Says, "Now I lay me down, or now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep." He tweeted in reference to the Avengers sequel finally being released. If I should die before I wake, K K A Y, whatever that is. But his final tweet reads, "Thank you to all the people who have been so kind and funny and inspiring up here." That was it. He's out. What do you think? Justin Robert Young, your take, your take. I mean, this is what I'm saying. This is what we're talking about. I don't know. Joss Whedon's not a happy guy. I think right now, in this moment, Joss Whedon, who's always a semi-angsty individual for just, you know, for what I could follow him. Right. You know, as just a fan of his work. He does not seem like a very happy guy. You know, this is a guy who was, uh, you know, he tweeted out a week ago, finally free. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in, in the, you know, leaving his, his, uh, his time with Marvel. Mm. So they've I created, both- they've created star Wars level pressure for these directors. That's what they've done. 
Well, certainly so. Now, what's the backlash on Black Widow? I don't know what that is. There's a lot of talk about how she was left out of all the merchandising. She wasn't showing up on lunchboxes and action figures. Well, and... he doesn't have control of that. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But also, he's... I he's, mean, he, he certainly gave a ton of time to her. Well, he's a he's an ardent feminist. He's His mom was an actual feminist, like, a, a you know, was out active in, in the community of women who were, you know, protesting and doing things. So he kind of grew up in this shell of women and power and that's important and blah 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 and it's possible that this backlash about marvel disney not treating her character with the same level of exposure they do with everyone else maybe that's maybe there maybe there's something there maybe he doesn't like that maybe he's pissed about that i don't know maybe i don't know i mean i would listen he can do whatever he wants joss whedon does not owe us twitter no you know no um I I am going to guess that a man of his verbosity will be back on Twitter at some point, you know, much like professional wrestlers and rappers. No one ever really quits Twitter. Right. Um, but I, I think, are you ready for the coming war of Joss Whedon versus Marvel? Yeah, I am ready because here's 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 what's going to happen there. I think there needs to be. It's gonna oh, he also he also said that the Edgar Wright Ant Man script was the best thing, the best script that Marvel's ever got. Oh wow, really? So he has been tossing shade upon shade on Marvel through this entire press circuit. For and for the day. for the record, that's the one that got rejected, right? He yes, yeah. And, and he left the production because he didn't. Want he to, left the yeah. production, and Joss Whedon tweeted a picture of him solemnly holding up a Cornetto uh, ice cream. Oh, that is solemn. Uh, but here, here's what I would say is going to happen regardless and has to come from somewhere. And that is this. There has to be, it can't all be roses, dude. At some point, something's not great. It has to be. Either the movies start to suffer or something else happens. And if there's something else is that nerd revered auteur Joss Whedon is thrown to the wolves and then he does a tell-all book about how they're jacking it up internally and that inside they're just a bunch of savages, you know, feasting on the souls of innocent victims or something. Yeah. Well, then so be it. But there's going to be something that happens. It can't be this good for this long for this sustainable time. You can't sustain it that long in that system without something being bad. Either people being, all right, we got to clamp down and be super greedy or we can't let creative tell us what to do. Something has to give. It's usually how this goes. There's got to be balance. Oh no! I listen. I have no. I, I have no doubt that there's internal strife. Yeah. And I have no doubt that there was internal strife on Captain America. On, uh, you know, listen. Half these directors that did movies haven't been, haven't been back. You know. Right. A lot. Some of them have. Some of them haven't. It seems as if that Marvel is in this next phase, kind of coalescing around a combination of James Gunn and the Russo brothers as their new creative overlord overseers. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't like James Gunn strike you as a guy not unlike Joss Whedon whose creative uh integrity and all of that stuff is going to at some point rub him wrong cuz they're doing it a different way or something? Like I already feel that from him a little bit. Yes. But James Gunn also <laughs> I I and this this is me reading into them. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is me making assumptions on their personal characters based on their public characters, sure. which is dumb. It's all, right? t- it's all tea but leaves. This is talk radio. Yeah, so this is talk radio. All we want. Yeah, read all the tea leaves you want. Go for it. James Gunn 
feels to me like somebody who is more bootstrap indie and less auteur indie. Mm. So more like, so what do I got? Like, like MacGyver. I got uh, four <laughs> planks of wood and some chicken wire and uh, Nathan Fillion. Fine. <laughs> cool. We got a movie. Right. Right. Whereas Joss Whedon is going to be the guy. And if the, if the, if the note comes back down, like, yeah, lose all the planks of wood, then yeah. he's going to figure out the best way that he can replace the, 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 like his focus will be on how do we replace these planks of wood as opposed to, if if you don't back off on this, I will quit the project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that's fair to say with with what limited info we have that that's that's more him. And that- so with that, I I get the sense that in looking at the way that Marvel works, which is a lot like Pixar, you yeah. know, like there are there is a a large group. Everything that we say about studios. Oh, they noted it to death. The original screenplay was great, and then they changed it. Nobody does more than Pixar. Yeah. But the difference is Pixar brings people up internally, and everybody knows the deal from the jump. Yeah. You are a Pixar guy. Everyone's collaborating on your stuff from the from the moment you start. And if three quarters of the way through the the room decides yeah you want to know what this whole subplot sucks we got to get rid of it right you don't get to say this is my movie and if you do <laughs> you get kicked off like the original director of brave did yeah that's true they but, but they're also i don't know they're so they're kind of anomalous in hollywood's machine generally though they're they're like bring people up in, from within in that they're not located in Hollywood. Well, partly, but also just their, their methodology. Like they, like you said, they bring people up from within. Uh, it's a very collaborative thing. Uh, they, they retain people. It's one difference between regular Hollywood and them is a regular Hollywood finishes a big project. And then everyone scatters to the wind, talks to their agents, does their thing, and then goes and finds another project, including crew and everybody else. But when it comes to Pixar, that's very different. You'll stay there for a very long time. You'll animate them for, for them forever. Obviously there are technical things there that, that make that different, but but to me, it's not unlike, say, you know, Blizzard Entertainment versus Electronic Arts. Electronic Arts does yeah. a project, fires everybody, hopes the thing sells well, hires a bunch of people when they do the next thing. Blizzard just keeps iterating on the same people, their same ideas in the same games, and ends up, in a lot of people's eyes, being the superior company as a result. So all I'm saying is, I've never, I've never heard a good story about a company who likes to churn out great things but is terrible to their people to the creative, to the directors, to the whoever. So if that's what Marvel Disney's doing to the likes of Joss Whedon, and maybe well, it's him doing it to them. I'm not saying it isn't. Yeah, I don't have a judgment I guess, here. Because you don't hear it with everybody. Right. You know, right. when, when, and the Edgar Wright leaving thing, you know, was certainly kind of a flashpoint. But the differences between Joss Whedon and James Gunn, I think were very noticeable. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, Joss Whedon was, you know, acting like it was a murder and has now said that Marvel totally screwed up. James Gunn said at the time that it was like watching uh, a couple that he loved both of them break up and it was painful for everybody. Yeah. You know, like there are just different temperaments to this. The different, and, that's an entirely different, less emotional approach for sure. The problem yeah. is most of our, some of our most creative people are emotional wrecks. It's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's not just in Hollywood, man. Like, nope. You know, that's, 
that's in that's in our world. That's in podcasting. podcasting. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure, exactly. And so you know, like these are these are troubled times for anybody in a position of such high focused hot light. Like in if you're in if you're in the making of Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, like no one is shocked. Oh, I've already, dude, I forgot his name. Who was who just got who just left? Fantastic Four guy. Oh, Josh Trank. Josh Trank. I did it again. I did it again. Every single, Holy every single shit. spoiler show, we've forgotten Josh Trank's name. Why didn't I write that continues. down? I should have written it down. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, my what I was going to say is he's he's having one of his own moments, right? Where he's doing this and happens to be dealing with the same parent company. Um, but the hot, bright light of these things is one thing. But also, you can't say anything. Like, Joss Whedon's getting away with a few things because he's kind of letting his stuff out on his sleeve without being specific. Uh, but they have NDAs. They have stuff that's signed up to the end of their life that says, you can't say shit about this production. You can't say a bad thing about this producer. You can't. Well, I, about public comments, I don't think. I mean, NDAs is usually more for... Um, for like secrets about stuff, yeah. You know, uh, you can say what your feelings are. You know, you yeah. you can say what you think. What normally why people normally don't say stuff is because they want to work with these people and parent companies again. Joss Whedon, I get the sense that Joss Whedon has little qualms about whether or not he works for Disney or Marvel again. Yeah, I don't think he cares. I think he's not saying. Yeah, I don't. I I agree with you a hundred percent. Now, here's something I wrote down. I wanted to ask you. Right. The relationship between the Hulk and Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, right direction, bad direction. Uh, yeah. I thought, listen, it, it, it's a credit to the fact that Marvel overcast these movies that you get to have. I mean, they what they really only get three scenes to set up a love story that by and large all happens amongst world shattering action. <laughs> um <laughs> And 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 yet, I haven't seen a ton of criticism that it came off as false no, or no, or you fine. didn't feel it. Yeah. So it's like credit to those actors because that's hard. Man. I, I like, agree. I agree. Most people in in full hour and a half movies can't make you think that they care about each other and have chemistry. Yeah. Um. And these guys did it in in three scenes while a robot was trying to eat them. Yeah. So and this is frumpy yet lovable Mark Ruffalo who is not necessarily he doesn't scream he doesn't scream leading man hot dude square jaw dark handsome man no he screams this other thing which is quiet reserved uh brave but 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 simple you know that, that that kind of stuff and he plays that so well i totally bought into it i was totally fine with it but i only wanted more i only wanted to explore that more and he kind of just disappeared and that was the end of it um, well but this is part of the reason you you kind of you do that so you can set up the idea that Hulk needs to exile himself. That yeah. Bruce feels that Hulk cannot be near humanity. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, to your point about how Marvel superheroes care about humanity, it's part of the reason why Incredible Hulk was was kind of weird to me. That like, you know, Edward Norton's like, oh, I don't know if I should be on this subway, like, or I don't know if I should be in New York. It's like, no, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't be here. Go. Yeah. You're pretty, you're, you're an atom bomb. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> like, I don't, whatever. Like, yeah. I know the world might be in danger, but you are going to make it worse. Yeah. The code green thing is a cool idea. Um, I was actually also glad to get some, 
some follow through on the trailer because you saw him all red eyed in the trailer and you weren't sure what was going on. Like maybe he'd gotten hurt and you're like, well, I thought he couldn't get hurt. Didn't realize it had anything to do with Scarlet Witch. So that was cool. Uh, the Hulkbuster, the use of the Hulkbuster and calling down the Veronica from space uh, yeah. is uh, a great thing. Uh, all that stuff worked really well for me. Like there are pieces, there are set pieces in this movie that just make you go, oh man, that's great. But I, I'll say this, this one other thing about the effects. Thought the stuff at the beginning was kind of weak, looked a little rubbery and weird, and the stuff in the middle looked great, and the stuff near the end looked great, and it was clearly different departments or different not departments, but different um, effects houses doing different posts. Well, I think part of the issue was they wanted to do that kind of semi unbroken shot thing. Yeah. In in the opening sequence, which yeah. made it look. Which they did again Kinda later. Which weird. Is, it's weird, yeah. They didn't need to do that twice. I think I could have just done it again later in that church. Yeah, but I mean, to have them like charging in and give you that like siege mentality, mm-hmm. um, I think that's why they wanted to do it up top. I I, I agree. It, it, there were times in the beginning it looked a little Quidditch, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, in that it was just sort of rubber people barely in the distance doing rubber things that's a great example because quidditch is well that's the thing i always took me out of the harry potter movies is the effects for the quidditch matches were just like oh, okay well they were like zipping around with the same physics of tinkerbell yeah. lighting the walt disney logo didn't love that um uh yeah i mean and, and also it's like a, in a harry potter movie it's kind of like who cares like whatever if you think the effects aren't great that's not the reason why you're there for harry potter yeah um and in this movie you know, it didn't. It wasn't bad enough to take me out of it. Yeah, uh, I was. I was. I was still sold on. You know, because also it's like it's you know they're they're bantering and they're making fun of you know Captain America for for being a goody two shoes. You know? Do you notice how little Tony Stark was in his suit? Like he's barely in this movie in the suit. It was like two or three. Well, let's see the beginning scene where he's kind of scoping everything out, goes down to lands, does a little thruster thing, and yeah. then later uh, the church fight. Where the hell was Tony? Was he even there? Oh yeah. Where was he the whole time? Now I'm I'm blanking on it. Where was he Tony Stark? He was uh, was trying to fight Ultron. Oh oh, right. He was trying to round up and kill the Ultrons. Okay yeah. So he was flying around a lot. Oh and and yeah no he was the one trying to figure out the uh, how to blow up the city. Um, instead of it becoming a meteor and crashing back down to Earth. Right. So he's doing a lot of science stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. And it felt like yeah. the whole movie, like this didn't feel like a Robert Downey Jr. Because the last one definitely felt like, oh, well, Iron Man's our star here. So we're going to see a lot more of him. This one felt like they were shifting no, around. No, Iron Man kind of feels almost like the villain. I mean, not not the villain, right? But certainly the guy at at asleep at the wheel well that that's allows a, evil to happen isn't that kind of a t- that's a taste of civil war in a lot of ways um well we'll see a little bit if they do it we'll the way see. the books did it it will be yeah i mean certainly the idea that that tony stark is looking for a solution to things mm-hmm. he is looking which is in 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 a way a very engineer kind of thing to do yeah you know whenever yeah. i talk to my friends in you know who either have worked or work as engineers in Silicon Valley or with major companies in San Francisco, they are always the one to talk about how you can solve through technology lingering issues that I think are by human nature unresolvable, mm. you know? Yeah. And so that, that read as true to me that Tony Stark being an engineer is like, no, 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 we can solve, you know, all this crime yeah. where we can solve 
the like aliens want to come down and kill us problem. Yeah. Like we just need a alarm system yeah. and we need to make it. And, and it's not whether or not if it doesn't work, that means we just need to iterate on it. It doesn't mean that we, we can't do it. Right. That makes sense. All right. We're going to do a thing now that we're going to have, we're going to give it a name and it's going to have a sound and here's the sound. Hold on. Okay. I don't have a good sound. Uh, how about, uh, here we go. Uh, oh, that's a terrible sound. How about this one? That's oh, a terrible sound. All right. Here's the, here's what we're going to call this segment. This is where we basically sum it up. Yeah. Here's my, here's my take. I got a lot of things I wanted, but not enough of each ingredient. This was like a cake with too many pieces in it. And I wanted every piece to taste. I wanted to taste them longer. And they were there too quickly. The relationship with, with Hulk and Widow, too short. The uh, Any character development with Paul Bettany's character with the Vision, way too short. I found that fascinating. I wanted to get more of that. I got hardly any of it. Uh, I thought that Ultron was too jokey and not sinister enough, but not because he couldn't have been both, but because, again, I don't feel like I got enough of him. I think what I missed in this movie, or the thing that I would levy against it, is it didn't... The, the standard time for movies, that what for what is allowable for mainstream movies, was not long enough to contain a good enough look at all the pieces. Instead, we got brief glimpses, glimpses of a lot of things and not enough stuff spread out. That's my take. I completely agree with everything that you've said. Uh, I, for me, that doesn't uh, kill my enjoyment of the movie. And I thought those were problems with the first movie mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't... Uh, I just don't expect much more than what we got from an Avengers movie. Mm. And, and I was happy that we got it. You know, mm -hmm. I was happy that it happened. There is a piece uh, of me that's just glad there's always one of these, you know? Because it's like, at the end of the day, I'm super pumped for Civil War. Yeah. And I'm super pumped for Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I rewatched a bit of Guardians of the Galaxy in between when I watched it, when we're talking now. And, uh, like, it doesn't come close to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy is so fun and so resonant uh, and, and so emotionally investing. But at the same time, I don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't want Avengers Infinity Gauntlet to be that. I do want it to be a movie where the Hulk fights with Drax. And I want it to be a movie where Ant-Man, uh, you know, fights with Captain Marvel. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want that. I want these team ups. Yeah. I want to see how they react to each other. I want to see Paul Rudd get into a fight with Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> do, you, do you think if you had to guess, do you think these next two, uh, at least one or both of these next two Avengers movies feature crossover from the Guardians of the Galaxy cast? Uh, duh. I feel like they have to, right? They have duh, to. They totally have to. But is it is it is it Chris Pratt? Is it you know? Are you are your principles in there, or is it just like oh, Rocket Raccoon CGI raccoons in this? No, it's going. They're gonna try and make it the biggest movie of all time. Uh, Everyone's gonna be in it. I don't it's know. gonna be a forty person <laughs> cast. That's why they gotta split it into two movies. <laughs> all right. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if the first movie is you know, opens with basically Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy in the, in the cosmic universe uh, trying to keep the final shard 
of the Infinity Gauntlet away from Thanos yeah. uh, failing, and you follow that story to Earth. Uh, so because they need to go there to stop it, yeah. to stop him. Yeah. Uh, and you know we we find the Avengers, the new Avengers team, and then the second movie is reuniting some of our original team. Yeah, that sounds like something they'd do. Whatever. I'm not going to be negative about it. I'm not, because in my head I go, oh, that's more characters to underdevelop. But then maybe we just want to have a big, rad, loud, disgusting thing. We're gonna I let... guess that's, but that's, I mean. Go ahead. Because we're, we're not, we're going to get more of of Bruce Banner and, and Scarlet Witch and uh, Black Widow. And, and Captain America and Iron Man and everything. We're going to get all these guys. Like, it, it's, it's going to happen. Sure. You know, I'm not worried that, like, we're never going to see this character development. But I just don't expect it in that movie. Yeah. Um, although, every there are legit criticisms for the movie. Probably the biggest of which is that it is exactly the same as Avengers 1. <laughs> down to all the beats. <laughs> yeah, kind of. In a lot of ways it is. Uh, we're going to let our last caller have the final word. Brian Ibbett on the line. Brian, hello. You guys do an entire spoiler show and you don't even talk about Claw? <laughs> Ulysses Claw? All right, let's talk about him. Oh, yeah. Just real quick here. I don't know enough about his backstory, so he's got something to do with uh, him Black getting the Panther. Black, Black Panther. Black Panther. Bad guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, he's he's, uh... This is perfect setup for the Black Panther movie. Okay, so what did he do... That made him a good setup, though, because I can't remember what happened to him at the end. He just he he loses he got his, his arm hand. cut off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. He goes all Skywalker. No, he's going to get that replaced with a uh, sound emitting device. Basically, that's what his his uh, supervillain weapon power thing is that he can um, uh, like control sound waves and uh, emit sonic uh, beams out of his. His wrist thing. His, so, uh, so my get, my feeling is that that most audience, most uh, most of the audience that saw this thing, um, and it's one of the things Marvel does really well with these movies, right? They pay it so much homage to our fan needs. Right. But uh, I, you know, there are, there are people who saw that have no idea. They think he was 90 percent of the people in the audience yeah. probably had no idea. And not only was. that, but they think they're done with him. They're like, they think he looks a little familiar. Isn't that the guy that played Gollum? And that's a certain <laughs> nerd category too, right? <laughs> So they're nobody gonna... who said that doesn't know <laughs> right. that uh, uh, Wakanda or Wakanda, Wakanda? is yeah, yeah Wakanda is uh, where Black Panther rules right where he is king currently right yeah um, but but if yeah like if you don't know it's just a throwaway guy that they came to steal the stuff from but it is it is a great it's great fan service and that's one of the things you're right Marvel does really well like having uh, Cosmo in the um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy. In Guardians the, of the Galaxy. Hey, by the way, Brian, to your point about Luke Skywalker, yeah. did yeah. you know that in every Phase Two movie, <laughs> somebody gets their arm or hand cut off? I did just hear that recently. Yeah, was that uh, like on BuzzFeed or something? Did really? we talk about that on well, TMS? No, didn't we? It is weird. No, Figgy from from Marvel uh, said that they did it in the first one, and he's like, "Oh, look." Empire Strikes Back. Let's do it in every movie. <laughs> and oh, they wow. Have. Uh, hold on. It says Marvel Marvel pays homage to Star Wars by cutting off hands in their second movie. Um, I could have sworn we talked about this on TMS. Was it not? Oh, it was on uh, From the Helicarrier. Oh, Never mind. Yeah, I would like to know more about this. We can find more about this. Yeah, I'm sure there's a YouTube supercut of uh, everybody losing <laughs> a hand in all of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that brings us uh, to the end of our show. Brian Ibbett, thank you so much for piping in. 
Thanks. I was guys. really I was worried we were going to hear Bri. from you. <laughs> bye bye. All right. So uh, you've heard what we think. If you have feedback or thoughts, uh, find us on Twitter, Scott Johnson and Justin R. Young, and and tell us where we're wrong or where we're right. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's funny. I'm Joss Whedon, and you're and you're um, Guardians guy. You're you're uh, the other guy. What's his name? I already forgot. James Gunn. James Gunn. Because I'm looking at it from, eh, I wish they would have developed these characters more. And you're like, they didn't develop these characters much, but man, what a cool idea to have a second Avengers movie. Like you're you're definitely taking the higher positive road on this than I am. Well, but, I'm not but, I mean, listen, I get fussy. I get nerd fussy, you know, about my own stuff. So it's it's not like I have any kind of high ideals when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yeah. It, 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 I think it is just all my expectations for the yeah. You know, it's the same reason why I, I didn't I mean there 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 are a lot of things to be upset about with uh with, with Avengers in terms of plot, including does that, do we really even know what it means when Bruce Banner's like I stay angry? Oh or I'm always angry. <laughs> right. We don't. We have no how, how does what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. And it certainly doesn't come back in this movie. No. Nope. It's not like it's like, oh no, I'm still always angry. Yeah. Like, no, now it's like he gets angry and he turns into Yeah, I mean my impression angry. of that was that he what he meant by that is he could control it. That's the feeling I had. But then this one was more like I don't know. If there was enough see, this is another thing I didn't feel like there was enough of, even though there are some amazing moments with the Hulk in this movie. There wasn't enough of the Hulk again. Like that's my problem. Not enough of all the things. I, I mean, love. there's there's a billion characters. I know that's the problem, though. They're like, all. But I mean, do you want an Avengers movie without a million no, characters? No, but because it, when we did the last Avengers movie, everybody was screaming and yelling about where War Machine was. Yeah, no, you're right. And where's you know where's uh, uh Wasp and where's Ant Man and where's all these other regulars? I get all that. I just it's the thing they used to say about Spider Man movies. Hey, how how about we have Spider-Man and one chief villain? Why do we always have to have three villains? Well, yes. And if it is just Spider-Man, that makes sense. Because I need to go on a journey with Spider-Man. I want to understand the villain of Spider-Man. Right. And I guess I really, I just need the villain to be a credible worldwide global threat for the Avengers. That necessitates all the Avengers getting together. Uh, And I need for them to have big, fun set pieces. Right. And I got that, you know, and I got some weed and banter and, you know, uh, we got uh, a big mincing quote machine of a villain. So basically it was the exact same thing as the Avengers. It was basically an Avengers remake. Yeah, it's that's basically it. Uh, one quick update on the uh, Whedon leaving Twitter yeah. controversy. He did this in 2013 as well uh, and came back. So probably he'll come back. Uh, oh, oh, come on. Yeah. That dude will come back. Are you kidding? Yeah. He's he, Joss Whedon. Yeah, he, he has needs to. needs to have his opinions be known. Yeah, he has to. It's a great, it's an incredible platform. I would have, if I had been him, I think I would have just said nothing. I just wouldn't post for a while. You know, well, let the but that is on. that is what separates you from Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe he has the ability to As just I, delete the Twitter. I always ask, you know, phone. what does separate me from Joss Whedon? As it turns out. I, I, w- I will say this. I think it's going to be go- great for both parties to, to go their separate ways. Yeah. I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be better without Joss Whedon. And I think that Joss Whedon is going to be better without the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the Russo brothers and, and Gunn, I think, fit a little bit more into how that system works. And it is a system. Um. And and uh, they and and Joss 
like Edgar Wright, might have just been a little too auteur. Yeah. You know? It, it would be like trying to bring, I mean, although, I mean, just, I'm about to say this, and now it's all I want in, in life, but it, it would be like bringing Quentin Tarantino in on a Pixar movie. Oh, my Lord. You know? Yeah. Like, I love Quentin Tarantino. I yeah. love Pixar. Yeah. But Quentin Tarantino writes his script, won't <laughs> allow anyone to touch it, and then directs his movie without notes. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it takes Harvey Weinstein to, <laughs> like, the, the force of nature that is, Monstro the Whale, Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> one of the most legendary a-holes in Hollywood, yeah. to to uh, you know simultaneously be Quentin's best friend and boss. Yeah, and you know, he, yeah, his handler, all that. It's one dude that can do it. Yeah. Other than that, he does everything by himself. He would not work well. Yeah. At Pixar, and similarly, I think we got the best we could out of Joss Whedon for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm delighted. By what we've got, I dig both movies. Um, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad that he's going to come out of it with the clout that he has now. He can do whatever he wants. That's rad. Um, uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say his next project's going to involve a superpowered female. Oh really? Um, wow. I mean, because all of his projects involve a superpowered female. I would have argued to be another one of his quiet, get all his friends together, Shakespeare, you know, some small thing. I would, maybe who knows yeah who knows what he does but i mean uh, I, I think it's 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 going to be interesting but i think the russo brothers and and gun i think are just are better fits for that system to say nothing bad about about anybody i think that they're all great it's just not everybody works great together right and not everybody can handle the heat and it man the heat this must be uh, all right. Well, I think that's uh, that about does it for the spoiler cast. We will be doing more of these on a more regular basis because this is the summer season. This is when things start to, to, to click. But also, we are considering very heartily the idea of not just spoiling movies but and having that conversation around those things, but other things. You know, if we all want to get a, get together and do a big Game of Thrones so far cast or if we want to do, uh, you know, some other whatever, uh, we're going to. So we got ideas you know, and we have I'll, plans. I'll tell you what. I am just curious to know what people would think about, and this is the problem with, especially with me and you, is trying to figure out anything schedule wise. Yeah, schedules think, are hard. Yeah. Like, they, here's something I know to be true, and I've only kind of, and we, we talked about it, but uh, I, I will say out loud there is nothing more in this world than you or I would love to do than do a weekly show together. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is nothing I think either of us think is more impossible than doing another <laughs> weekly show. Um, <laughs> separately yeah. you know just in our own schedule sure but i will say this the only way that we would do kind of more of a regular weekly show is if there was an overwhelming demand by everybody to do uh, i would like to do a more regular uh just call in yeah show. that's why we introduced just, calls today we wanted to try that out and i feel like it was good it was it good was stellar yeah. i thought it was great you know and i had a bunch of people tweeted me saying oh can we talk about star wars i'm like no you can't but <laughs> Maybe if we did it again in a few weeks and it wasn't necessarily tied to a movie and we just said, hey, it's Geek Talk Radio. Yeah. Open up the lines. Yeah. Talk about whatever geek stuff you might have. We could do 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So yeah. if you guys are into it, hit us up on Twitter, Justin R. Young and at Scott Johnson. Yes, please do. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you those who came live, those who called in and those who get it at home. We love all of you equally and in ways that are hard to express until I play this song. <laughs> 
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>